1: Welcome to The World in 10, the Times of London's unique take on world events every day. I'm Alex Dibble and today I'm with Sunday Times' assistant news editor Rebecca Myers. Today
2: we'll be hearing about the poisonous mushrooms case that has gripped Australia. Also, a presidential hopeful is shot dead in Ecuador and there is a sale of some of the world's rarest books.
1: If you haven't already seen this story, you must go onto the Times website and read about it. It's an incredible story in Australia. On July the 29th, not long ago now, there was a lunch. A woman served mushrooms, and the result of that lunch was that three people died.
2: Yes, that woman was Erin Patterson and two of the dead are the parents of her ex-husband. They were committed members of the local church and parishioners of Toll. reporters they were well known and that the deaths have affected everyone very deeply.
1: But today there has been a twist in this already incredible tale that has come from Erin Patterson's ex-husband, Simon Patterson. The Times' Australia correspondent Bernard Lagan is in Leongatha, which is where this has all happened and can explain.
3: Friends of Simon Patterson have spoken today and have confirmed that he fell ill last year uh, and was hospitalised for three weeks and nearly died. He posted about this on Facebook, saying he, uh, he was gravely ill. Uh, his friends are saying today that he believes his wife, Erin Patterson, also tried to poison him back then. Uh, we don't know whether that's right at all, but we certainly do know that um, three people who attended lunch at her house on July the 29th, and are now dead. They were elders in the local Baptist church here, and a fourth elder is fighting for his life and awaiting a liver transplant. It is also emerged today that be, it is claimed that the purpose of the lunch was to be a meeting between Erin Patterson and the church elders and her ex-husband uh, designed to get the, the couple back together again. But her husband allegedly pulled out of the lunch at the last moment and did not attend. He had some fears about that lunch, according to his friends. He is not talking. I've been round to his house, and he he has nothing to say. He's not talking to anybody. Um, it's also true that Erin um, Patterson and her two children attended the lunch, and showed no symptoms at all. Uh, they were quite well after the lunch, so they were unaffected.
2: And Berner reports that the police have retrieved food from a rubbish tip outside the town and are running forensic tests on that as potential evidence. Erin Patterson maintains she's innocent. She says, I didn't do anything, I loved them and I'm devastated they are
1: gone. A candidate in Ecuador's upcoming presidential election has been shot dead at a campaign rally. This is Fernando Villavicencio, who was a member of the country's National Assembly and a former journalist. He was shot on Wednesday night in Quito, which is the capital of Ecuador. Now, he had previously experienced death threats from criminal gangs for speaking up about corruption in Ecuador.
2: And it's less than two weeks before the elections there. We spoke to Matthew Campbell, who's the Foreign Features Editor of the Sunny Times, and he's reported extensively from South America about what this means for a country that was once considered relatively safe.
4: It was the first time a presidential candidate has been murdered in Ecuador, and a major blow to a nation already suffering deep economic, social and political upheaval. Wedged between Peru and Colombia on the western coast of South America, Ecuador was once considered a relatively safe country by violent regional standards. It underwent an extraordinary transformation between 2005 and 2015, riding the wave of an oil boom whose profits lifted millions of people out of poverty. Then the drug gangs moved in, with foreign groups forming alliances with local prison and street gangs, to unleash a wave of violence unlike anything in Ecuadorian history. The killing is often horrific and public, meant to induce fear. There have been regular reports of car bombings, beheadings, and children being gunned down outside their schools.
1: A criminal gang called Los Lobos, uh, the Wolves, have claimed responsibility for the shooting of Vicencio. Uh, But why was he targeted? Here's Matthew.
4: Vicencio had risen to prominence as an opponent of Correismo, the leftist movement of former president Rafael Correa, Who served as president from 2007 to 2017 and still holds considerable sway over the country. Villavicencio's articles about alleged corruption in the Correa government had made him the subject of legal persecution and death threats. On one occasion he sought political asylum in Peru. Paul showed Villavicencio in the middle of a crowded field of eight contenders in the run-up to the first round of voting on August 20. The President has declared a 60-day state of emergency, restricting some civil liberties, but the elections will go on as planned.
2: In October in New York, there will be a series of rare book auctions, which have been described by an official at Sotheby's as extremely unusual because it represents book collecting at the peak of connoisseurship.
1: Yes, uh, these are more than 1,300 16th century French and Italian works, and they include an early manuscript, this is amazing, of Leonardo da Vinci's Treatise on Painting, which contains... This manuscript, 375 chapters, and is illustrated with 56 ink drawings. Amazing. It's expected to fetch at least $120,000. It's
2: incredible. And the man who is selling them is T. Kimball Brooker. He's 83 years old, and he says his children aren't interested in the books, so (laughs) why not sell them on? (laughs) And The Times have interviewed him, the articles online.
1: Yes, uh, do go on and read it. Amazing. Um, But... I loved the story I don't know if you saw this Rebecca of how he came to book collect if that's Mm. a thing Um, he's on a stroll around Paris this is 1959 he spots a 16th century book thinks it's beautiful and pays about dollars to become the proud new owner of it he thinks he might have got a bargain he thinks he might be onto a winner so he gets it valued and is told that actually it's worthless and <laughs> valueless uh, but that experience made him go into book collecting and now all these years later a collection that he owns expected to fetch 25 million dollars
2: it's quite the story and I, <laughs> and I love that because I've walked along the sand myself and sort of seen these books and thought you know maybe you could discover something among them that would you know change your life when you sold it I've never quite managed it myself but also he' speaks in this interview about you know giving these books to people selling them to people rather than to a library as it were because he thinks that individual people will treasure them so much more than um than you know big institutions and will treasure them like like he has over the years which i love
1: So on the World in 10 we of course want not just to know what is currently on the Times website but also what is about to be to whet your appetite a little bit so I've come down to floor 11 as we often do to the Times Foreign Desk uh, where Deputy Editor Susie Jagger can tell us something that we can look forward to Uh, So today we're looking at French hairdressers. They are in crisis in France, a near record number of closures. The main reason that uh, so many of them are going uh, bust is because there was a boom in 2015-2020 to 2020 because of reality television and social media. And they haven't been, bea- been able to pay back their Covid loans. But really the underlining issue is the burden of French employment taxes. So these little companies can't Forward to take on new people and just for your fact box um, middle-class women in France go to the hairdressers at least once a week it's becoming like a norm in boxing mm. to a degree it's not the first time it's happened to me either
2: That's the boxer Anthony Joshua, who surprised the media by saying he is not surprised to hear claims that 60% of boxers have taken performance-enhancing drugs. He said while he couldn't comment on the specific numbers, he is definitely sure it's a problem in the sport.
1: And the reason why Anthony Joshua has been speaking at all is that he was supposed to be fighting a boxer called Dillian White in London on Saturday, but that was cancelled after Dillian White failed a drugs test. So Robert Hellenius from Finland has stepped in.
2: And there's a really interesting paragraph in the Times article on this. Helenius said he was sure he'd fought fighters in the past who had doped. Um, and he also said that people in different countries seem to have quite different views on this mm, issue.
1: That was interesting. The, the quote is, for example, in your country, he's speaking to the UK, Dillian gets caught and everyone thinks, oh, it's just boxing and nobody cares. In Finland, if I was caught, I would be lynched. I would never get a licence again.
2: That's all we've got time for today. But thank you so much for listening.
1: Indeed. Um, Do take out a Times digital subscription uh, where you can get access to all these wonderful stories and a whole lot more on the Times website. Uh, We will see you tomorrow.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.
1: needs protecting. I'm Adam Vaughan, the Environment Editor for The Times, and this is Planet Hope from The Times, in partnership with Rolex and its Perpetual Planet Initiative. In this podcast we hear from leading experts from around the world who are committed to finding solutions. These explorers, scientists, entrepreneurs and citizens are committed to a common goal, to protect our home, Earth. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.